have 60 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You have 60 seconds to comply. This is minute 71. Part man? Part machine. All pod. This minute begins with Ed 209 still kicking and flailing and ends with Robocop on the receiving end of police brutality. How <laughs> ironic. Hashtag ACAP. Um, <laughs> what's that? A I <laughs> No, no, we don't want to call, call it A-Rap. That's not good. Nope, nope. Ignore, ignore, ignore! Assigned cop at birth. Anyway, we have a guest! We're joined once more by Josh of no podcast but this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. That would be a good Hello, name for a podcast, admittedly. No pod but this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great... Oh. There you go. On a silver platter, do with it as you will. Cool, hmm. I'm going to talk about Japanese no plays. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my first note is, is this the ultimate betrayal? Because, I mean, it's one thing for Robocop to be screwed over by Dick Jones. It's another thing to be literally shot to pieces by your friend? So you have one minute where he's being portrayed by his robot brethren. And then he's being portrayed by his police brethren. So we have the robo and the cock. And where... No, sorry. And the cock. <laughs> no, no, I think and... that's appropriate. <laughs> It works, it, works, it works there, no. No, this is Lieutenant Hedgecock, after all. <laughs> exactly. This, it's um, all cock all the time. Because I'm aware people don't listen to the very end, so I go, is that joke actually making sense? Or any, I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I'm still rolling with it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm belligerent towards my audience. <laughs> We're getting punchy already. What the fuck? I... I... Dude, don't even get me started. I have so many punchy notes on the, on this thing. <laughs> well, well, I can't we'll, wait. We'll get to the punching in the next uh, section, but because this is actually one of my favorite moments of this movie, to be perfectly honest. In a, yeah. in a movie full of favorite moments, this is one of my favorite moments. It's very hard to pick one. The whole movie just slaps, as the kids say. Yeah, but uh, this this has actually one of the best shots in this film, and it's um. No, this is the next minute. Either way, but this is the... Uh, I like that they They do do some cop apologizing when... And I do like it. It's the... You know, when the actual real cops, you can tell because they're not wearing the SWAT team uniforms. Mm. So it's visually there, if you pay attention. But like the real cops are there going, you can't shoot him, he's a cop. Yeah. And police solidarity, but... Kind of? <laughs> then they, didn't, they disappeared, they ran away. I don't know what happened after that. Yeah! Yeah, they don't try and stop him. They just kind of walk away. Well, that's bad. Anyway, going <laughs> walking in the opposite direction. Also, too, if you notice, those were the only the only cops uh, that had uh, dialogue throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, yes, I think we we get the 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 cop that wants to that wants to go on strike. We get the strike. The, the, the is it is it that's that super cop? Is it is it is that her? Yeah. <laughs> <Is it> that... <laughs> Yeah, the only, I think like the only the same one missing cops. is the, I think the only one missing is the there's the look at that fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the reason why the OCP cops want to strike. There's only five of them working the entire department. Yeah, there's been killed by Bodica. <laughs> the cinematography in this scene is just so dope. The oh, lights yeah. and the fog and yes. the, ah, it's just there's not much to say. Just it's so freaking sick, eh? Just it's, it's freaking sick. <laughs> how, how? Oh God! How can you? Yeah, you run out of things to say in this movie, not for, oh my god, this is so bad, more of, oh my god, this is so freaking good. Well, you know, like, like, like you know, to, you kind of touched on it, but, like, I literally started this out by just writing The Passion of the Robocop. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, I'm like, wow, he is just getting it. By the way, are these armor-piercing bullets that, that they have that's, that's just yeah. shredding the hell out of Robocop's armor? So... Uh, what, we we kind of touched on this in the last episode, but are 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 they on the take? Because that requires preparation. There, there's they know that they have to fight a robot. They know that they have they have to have special armor piercing bullets. Um, mm. But they also yeah, bring cops that aren't on the take with them. I think that that's the thing that's a bit weird. I think that the problem is there that the OCP let's I'm just going to use these terms OCP cops versus SWAT cops because mm -hmm. they are pretty much SWAT yeah mm. uh, they're codified as SWAT they don't even have the OCP badges or anything on the arm which is weird because you think the OCP cops would be the ones bought by OCP but um which is weird because Hedgecock didn't seem to hate Robocop in the previous scene 
Um, but now he's just like, corporate masses say, shoot him up, I shoot him up. Yeah, mm. well, that that to me just reeks of, of of the military. That's that's yeah, that's just yeah. Good. They're gonna they're gonna follow their orders pretty much to the T. Um, I think. Yeah. I always wondered if if this is like yeah is Hedgecock on the take or is this is he still mad about getting shown up because uh, he did because like who the hell are you <laughs> yes. it was kind of like, uh, like 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 that that seems to be because that's the only other thing uh, and then I re- and then while doing my research um, I discovered there Ooh. were two parts uh, originally I believe there was a SWAT I think he said SWAT captain and a SWAT commander and. Yeah, Michael Gregory. The act- I think they got merged into the same character. Yeah, I think they got merged. Yeah, because because he was up for the SWAT captain, and he had said in an interview that he that only gets paid like three days worth of work. So technically, you're only shooting like one day. The SWAT commander gets like three <laughs> weeks. Well, this is kind of a weird story, but he used to be the um. The head of security for uh, Dean Martin. Uh, uh, yeah, oh wow! He, yeah, he would. He, he was. Uh, I have it here. He was. I think it's like Brown Brownstone Security is the name of it, and he was the head of security for Dean Martin. That's how he met Miguel Ferrer. So he called. So oh. he called him up and said, "Like, oh, we're gonna. I'm meeting with Ed Newmeyer for drinks." And he's like, "Come with me." He's like, "So he showed up like two. I think two days early." In order, like, and then so he had two time to hang out, and he met with Ed Newmeyer, and they're like, and he was like saying, like, hey, uh, I think Paul wanted you for for liked you for both parts. Let me let me talk to him, and I guess the next day they paid off the other actor and said, <laughs> no, just stay home, and he got he got the, the the three weeks. So yeah, so he wasn't even necessarily meant to play this character. It makes sense, though, to have them both be... Instead of just trying to reintroduce characters, uh, or even to a certain degree, having a... Na- I guess having a nameless guy face, yeah, kind of would work, but I like that there is that kind of... Uh, Corny keeps bringing off uh, the... Um, what was it? The the mirrored tail? Uh, uh, the... the uh, oh, oh, the... Uh, chiasmus? Chiasmus? The, yeah. yeah. So I like the idea of bringing back this character that... Uh, you know, just this one-off thing, but he's there, like, you know, it makes sense that he's the guy that leads the SWAT, the SWAT cops, and he's the guy that's just gonna take the orders whoever's the big wig is telling him to, so. Yeah, I do, I do wish he was kind of Mm. featured in this, in any of the sequels, at least, like, like, he would have been perfect (laughs) for the main villain, like, the, the, the the English guy in the, the, the third movie, I like, why not just have him be the villain, because it's like, it's already there, he would have actually been the, the appropriate age, too, um, but, I just, uh, mm. it, but they they have actually expanded on the Hedgecock character in the 1988 RoboCop the animated series, yeah. which I used to watch as a child and have recently rewatched. And for what it is, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I, I I still own. I think I don't know where it is, but I own a VHS tape of some of the episodes and they it never got shown down here to the best of my knowledge at least not when i was a kid so i only have like two or three episodes of that cartoon to really watch i I know they're on youtube but every single time i find them they keep getting flagged and taken down and yet i can still watch alpha commando oh yeah (laughs) well i think i think that's where i I must have watched it on youtube recently um but yeah hedgecock is like his main kind of not, I guess rival in the sense that like kind of yeah. like the Harvey Bullock but less honorable kind of char- kind of character but um he it's less honorable than Harvey yes, Bullock uh, like at least Harvey Bullock will eventually do the right thing this this one almost killed yeah. Anne Lewis while wearing a large Iron Man suit kind of but like yeah there's a whole episode <laughs> what are you doing you're I'm a cop you can't kill a cop it's murder a lot of that that was the cartoon Hedgecock. <laughs> Look it up. That's what he sounds like. I actually enjoyed the uh, the AT series. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's funny because this weird eighties hyper violent action film got t- the first thing that happened is got turned into a t- cartoon series by Marvel. Um. Well, that's well, that's what's what's funny is like I, I was like I was thinking about it. That has to be the most violent cartoon ever because in ever in the the, the opening the opening credits. 
they kill Alex Murphy. They kept it yes! in. And even the Clarence, like, wow, that's Clarence Bodiger right there. That's that. They kept the shot and they just, they're firing laser looking bullets, but you know, it's, the, it's still <laughs> there. That means there is a death in every single episode. Granted, it only lasted 12 episodes. Yes. It's fascinating <laughs> to me that every culture around the world through, throughout time has had taboo concepts they have uh swear words Hmm. they there are things people are offended by and obviously it's purely subjective and changes all the time Hmm. and when it comes to children and what we shield children from that ultra sanitized world that we present to kids is so recent it's less than maybe a hundred years old and it's even more funny when well the cartoons you're making for kids do pertain to violence and death, but they try to sanitize it and get around it, and it's it's the funniest thing to me. Oh yeah, I guess you could use uh, the uh, the ET. Um, what do you call it? director's oh, cut? Oh god! Guess, they oh, yes, the guns with the walkie talkie. Like what? What do you think that's going to do to a child to see cops with guns in their hands? Like what the fuck? Do, the, they're just going to see that as normal. It doesn't matter because that is a part of real life. I at least give it to Steven Spielberg because that's something that he's been complaining about like for a while. It wasn't like all of a sudden we decided to do it. He's never really been happy with that. From what I remember, I recall, um, this isn't, this isn't like a, like, like, Oh, the studio came in. It's like, we're just going to go ahead and remove it. Um, But uh, like, this was like the director's choice of he, that he didn't like that. That was there. It was unnecessary. I think I think it was his words. Mm. No, I think CGI ET was probably the more unnecessary oh, thing. But... Go there right this way. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny that it, within a very short span of time. I mean, I'm talking the children growing up in World War Two mm. would have seen grandparents dying in the home, uh, their siblings being stillborn. It was just such a normal part of life, and then you. Fast forward to now, and they're all watching uh, bloody Bluey and that other one with the dogs, the rescue dogs. I don't Paw know what it's called. Paw Patrol and that kind of shit. It's like, mm, wow, how? Not, not, not that I'm saying. Um, not that I'm saying that things were better back in the day. Although I will say that uh, there, there is a lot of cartoons nowadays that I feel are better written. Um, mm. Yeah. But my kids have, uh, and this is actually not new, but like my kids have finally seen Gravity Falls, and they absolutely mm. adore that show. They absolutely adore the new Ducktales reboot. Um, I need to rewatch Gravity Falls, but Avatar. I've been watching Legend of Korra oh, again, yeah. and I'm just going, holy shit! What? What? How fortunate am I to live in the reality where Avatar exists? And it's not like an obscure show that only lasted for one mm. season and no one liked it. No. It did gangbusters. People love that. And that's showing how Just we can be sophisticated. <laughs> uh, oh, that, that avatar. Yeah, I keep forgetting that existed. Um, but yeah. yeah. We're talking about the blue people that uh, like live in trees, right? Oh, no, no. I'm talking about the yeah. last airbender. <laughs> La- last I airbender know, movie. With the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never There's a lot. Anything. Uh... Okay. Any movie with avatar on the title, bad. Any TV show with avatar on the title, good. <laughs> Yes, but anyway, <laughs> point being that I think Avatar is, is a prime example of Gravity Falls that we can tell really smart, sophisticated stories without being hyper-violent or having those dark adult mm. themes. Or if they do, it's just sort of touched upon. And, you know, it's, it's entertaining for children and adults. And when you think about it, Legend of Korra too, especially. I mean, that was obviously meant for older kids, but they don't shy away mm. from death. The, you know, the spoilers to the death, fir- PTSD, spoilers for the first yeah. season, but they straight up blow up Amon. That's a, he's blown up at the end of that. That's no, there's no getting. Yeah. A, a few people blow up actually. Now that that, that I mm. think of it, but we'll get into that when we see someone else blow up. But so my point being that RoboCop, the cartoons, and a lot of these '80s cartoons. It's this very bizarre compromise or middle mm. ground where the stories aren't sophisticated, but there's a lot of adult references or, or uh, you know, especially violence and murder and all that. But they they kind of just censor it in this very clunky, unnatural way. And so, yeah, Robocop 
in in trying to export this R-rated concept to children, it just feels so inorganic. It feels so. It it feels like a satire. It feels yeah, like I'm just the kind of thing you'd see on TV in a RoboCop movie. Well, it's it's uh, Watchmen babies. <laughs> yeah. Watchmen babies. <laughs> So I'm just thinking back to cartoons like, say, Transformers. Oh shit, what are we gonna do now? Where they would just be, and like, I even, like, I didn't see much of G.I. Joe, but it's almost the same thing. Where there's guns and there's a lot of gunfights in play, but nobody gets harmed. That's why the Transformers movie, we keep coming back to the Yes! Movie. The Transformers movie, I love it so much because, you know, the TV show gets away with, oh, they're just robots. The robots are dying left, right, and center. Who gives a shit? The robots. And then yeah. in the movie, like, no, you give a shit. Oh my god, you give a shit. No one dies in those. No one dies in those. <laughs> no, well, my bi- my biggest problem is they killed Braun with one shot in the shoulder. Yeah. I, hate, I hate everything that after cheap. that. <laughs> but hey, kudos to Bumblebee for doing the same thing for shooting him in the shoulder. That's a good. It's like that's the sign of a real of a real fan. <laughs> I'm I'm okay and I'm I'm okay until Ratchet dies yeah or is hurt okay you know oh, yeah. I-, I draw the line there ultra magnus gets literally torn to pieces and then just put back together and he's fine mm-hmm. hey dare to be stupid come on guys mm-hmm. oh yeah okay he's the power of weird al <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of robots getting uh, almost torn to pieces Robo-Cop. is that our episode title <laughs> no i saw the passion of the robocop oh. <laughs> But this is like, uh, oh, so one note I do have, um, apart from, of course, all the close-ups of, say, Robocop and all that, most of this was shot uh, second unit uh, by uh, Mark Goldblatt. All the shots of the, the shots of the shots. Uh, all the cinematography of the gunfire. Shots, 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 <laughs> I think Ed talks about how, you know, this is like a very, you know, traumatic scene and all that. And uh, John Davidson, the producer, goes, yeah, you should have seen the budget. Because <laughs> that's a lot of blank firing. I also like the use of like the 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 lights. The, you never actually get to see the cop's face when they first come yes. out. It, it it like I guess maybe it's because I when I was growing up, I grew up in kind of a poorer neighborhood. But when you see a cop with the flashlight like that, it's terrifying, and it yeah. it, kind of, it almost brings back that kind of like oh you can't you can't see who they are. You have this bright light in your eyes, and it's just like it's almost like triggering when you when you see something like especially that they all they all have guns drawn on you too. So. Mm. I think that adds to the um, horror aspects of this particular scene is that while we have some faces, the people who are shooting are blank. Like, they are... There's no... The humanity is essentially stripped away from the police during this moment. and Yeah, uh, it is exactly. nightmarish. It has this nightmarish feeling to it. And actually, I think there's a lot of expressiveness coming from Robocop, you're feeling that fear and confusion. Yeah, the acting of uh, Weller and all that in these moments is... is, Yeah, that stoic hero has now been reduced, and I think that's what makes it... This is why I say, is this the ultimate betrayal? But but cinematically, this is the fall of Robocop, quite literally in the next few minutes. Like, he's descended from his place in the heavens... And now he's back on the street level, and he's going even further. Like, he is not looking good. He looks really cool, all beat up, though. No, I think I think that's that that for for me, yeah, that was that once again. That's it's it's terrifying because this is a this was the man just like yeah. you know of like how like just like what five minutes earlier, about ten minutes earlier. Yeah. It's like wow, this is um. Like I've, he's never been in this position since he was murdered. And actually, now that I think about it, um, he hasn't been in that position since he was Murphy. And this is yeah. the moment where he's getting his emotions back. He's looking scared. He's getting his emotions back. So he's become. It's almost like he's dying. In, it's like going in reverse. So now mm. he's like, like he's being reborn through his through the robot's death. Like so, it's the reverse of the yes. film. Yes. Well, this is one thing I keep bringing up is I uh, we've had a little bit of disagreement. I think Murphy comes back properly in the next scene at the uh, abandoned steel mill. Yeah. Uh, I when when literally the mask is removed, that's when we finally see Murphy again. But yeah, I totally agree. This is almost like the the chrysalis period of him, like almost losing that armor, 
metaphorically. I'd love to know what's going through his head at this moment. Uh, I think there is more and more humanity coming yeah. through in this, this thought rather than yeah, programming. Know, command and fulfilling command. Yeah, yeah and, and I think... I think too, but this probably relies more on the on the previous scene too. But it's like we we saw his eye for the first time. It's take it's stripping yes. away that the the overall robotness of it, and we see oh wait no, there's still a man behind there. We still with that visor cracked. We can see the person kind of like you know they always say the eyes are the gateways to the soul. That's that's yeah. the first like with the exception of the scene in the house. I think. What the way I the way I have written it in my head is that, and I think it's backed up by what he says. It's like living in a lucid dream where you have like like ideas of your past, but you don't quite have concrete memories per se. Like you, they're, mm. they're just images, like like we saw in the house. Um, I think he says that where I think he does mention that later, where he says something along the lines of like. I I can feel them like something like I can feel them but I can't I don't I don't have any memories of them. Mm. Well even in the scene in the steel mill with Lewis he refers to Murphy in the third that's person. That's right. That's right. Like he doesn't say my wife and kids it's Murphy's wife and exactly. kids. Exactly. Like it's, so there's still a detachment there and I think it's probably less so in the other movies where they try and do more like, especially Robocop 2, this whole thing of like, no, it's still Murphy. You know, he's just a robot now, but like this one is, there still feels like a disconnect. And I, I really like that. Well, I think that makes sense for the, the amount of trauma he has been through mm. that you, you just associate and the person he is now and the person he was, it's very difficult to reconcile with. Yeah. Um, Swamp thing kind of, well, Alan Moore's Swamp thing specifically, plays with that idea of well is this person still the same and in swamp things case he he was a scientist who was killed and then grew out of this swamp matter yeah um but alan moore supposes that well no that's not i can't remember the guy's name yeah it's like that's not him anymore. That's all the memories were transferred into this plant matter. So this is a plant man that has the memories of the person it never was. Mm. This is a totally different being, and so that whole comic series is about that existential crisis. Whereas in Murphy's case, I mean that's still his brain, but yeah, at one point that kind of oh, ship of Theseus yeah. thing of, <laughs> well, do you you don't have the same body you aren't you don't think the same you don't do anything the same anymore is that still you oh no i think james gunn brought something very close to that up too when he was talking about the whole baby groot thing where it's just like no groot is dead mm. he's, he's dead that is not that is not Groot. Yeah. that yeah. is a baby yeah yeah that's it's it may yeah. be a part of him but it's not him you're you're your whole being is made up of your memories and and your experiences. This Groot has not experienced any of it. This is clearly a new person. And you kind of have to almost remind Ooh. yourself that. I personally prefer big Groot to little Groot. Well, so my brain just went to, this is part of the uh, ethical concepts around transportation. Like, uh, are you still you if you're being disintegrated? No matter how you want to define how transportation teleportation works in like the science fiction context you atoms are being uh, scrambled or as a clone has been made of you or other one's been described are you still you and Mm. scientifically yes technically yes but but that also gets into the uh, notions of conscience and people try and separate consciousness from the biology they like this is the manifestation of a soul yeah, yeah, I was really into that for a long time, and I would, st- I would still consider myself a transhumanist to a degree. But yeah, I realize now that well, no, I'm only me because of my body. Mm. I, the brain isn't a separate thing. My soul isn't a separate thing. I'm all, all of this. All of this is me. To use an academic term, we are a gestalt. Mm. We are the sum of all our parts. Yes, um, but yeah, I guess Robocop's that theory writ large of, well, how much do you have to take away before that person isn't themselves anymore? Mm. And I think, actually, this movie presents a really interesting scenario of 
he doesn't feel like he's that person. And you know what? He's probably not wrong. Yeah. It's still a consciousness, and that consciousness has those memories, but how he puts those into execution in the present is not the same. So, yeah, I think Murphy is dead to a degree. I think the other thing that this movie does at the remake doesn't do <laughs> is that... Everything? Makes sense. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say... They explicitly say they wiped his memory. Of course, yeah, he's... Well, we don't exactly know how much of that he's gotten back, you know, is this... And we don't know the science of how they deleted his yeah, memory. Yeah, how do you wipe yeah. organic memory? But, like, in context of this movie, we only know that he knows snippets, so we don't even know truly if all of Murphy has returned by the end of this film, except maybe, let's say, personality and some memory. We don't really know. They just essentially took a cop and blanked the memory, but I guess they wanted still the training and the person, not the personality, the uh, experiences or the decision making, say. Yeah, that actually, that actually just, now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense really. If you blank his memory, will he have the experience still? Yes! But then you see what happened with Robo Flag when they don't do that, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. You know what? Never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that human beings are the ones who create categories, and mm. uh, for the most part, categories are arbitrary, and yeah. a lot of things don't. Biology is one very prime example mm-hmm. of well, where do we draw the line between this species and the next, for mm. example? And you think, well, it should be simple. No, no, no. it's not. If- um, even as something as simple as sex, a gender binary, oh, a, a sexual binary isn't black and white. It isn't X and Y. We have intersex. We have chromosome differences. We have we have a broad spectrum. Humans love to reduce things to simple categories, but reality doesn't necessarily fit that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, oh, God, I thought we were talking about something else. That's a tangent, I know, but... <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, where where you go... Okay, so memory and experience mm. are these... We think of them as separate categories, but they're mm. not, really. Mm. Um, and so if you're trying to th- approach the brain as almost like a computer, we go, well, this is the RAM, and this is the graphics, and this is this, and this is that. Uh, no, our bodies just don't work that way. It's like, um, you know, the... Your, your gut has neurons in it as well. So <laughs> if you think of the brain as just the thinky box, no, because you also need your stomach. You also need your skin to give you... Uh, sensory feedback. Uh, sensory feedback. And that's why they think AI might not... You know, true, true artificial consciousness will not come out of AI unless we put that in a physical body that gives it feedback mm. because that might yeah. be the most essential part of consciousness we're basically we basically live living like uh the like a pirates of the caribbean there is you oh i could take it's like uh, i could live forever but i can't taste or feel anything yeah no my brain was going back to um douglas adams the uh the sardine sandwich uh robot i don't read <laughs> I, I, i'm trying to remember which book which character's book it's in but it's um how in that universe they devised uh, artificial intelligence uh, is because they programmed a robot that loves uh, sardine sandwiches, and so they put a sardine sandwich in front of it. It'd pick it up, store it in itself, but the act of standing up caused the sardine sandwich to drop out in front of it, so it kept picking it back up into repeated mm. loop to the point <laughs> where you know it went from love to hate to depression, depression. <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, petrol, jeez, petrol. I think it finally ended on existential crisis. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it was weird. It makes so much sense. Boy, I gotta revisit that. I, I <laughs> but yeah, you know, cheesoid. No one knows what I'm talking about. I no, I did not miss. Oh, nothing. cheesoid. Uh, that's a. Uh, yeah, Michelin Web or whatever it is, and oh, I've uh, heard yeah, this. it's it's this. It looks like a little shop vac, and it's uh, it detects cheese or petrol, <laughs> and so but it's really shit at its show, and it has trouble telling between cheese and petrol. So um, yeah, it gets <laughs> depressed and it tries to kill itself, and it's it's poured uh, something over itself. It's like no, don't set yourself on fire. No, he confused oh, the petrol for the cheese. So. <laughs> 
but at least he tastes delicious. Yeah, he made himself delicious, not dead. <laughs> Cheezoid hates self. Cheezoid kills self. No, that could have been a good thing for the remake. We could have, they, he could have died by cheese. I wonder how that would happen. Oh, oh my god! I want you know what cheeseoid oh from Robocop. Would, yeah, if, that if would Robo- run better. If the remake of Robocop, where Robocop is made of cheese, I'll totally watch it. I don't. It won't be good, but I will watch it. I will watch <laughs> the crap out of it. That that feels like a good segue. I've got no more notes. Yeah. Well, my last note was. I know we always rewind on fucking segues, but um, looking at the chasmus, chasmus, however you like to say it, um. Data reviewer says that Robocop getting shot by a lot of drug dealers in a warehouse is uh, synchronous or parallel to Robocop getting shot by a lot of cops in a parking garage. I don't know, I guess so. (laughs) We are definitely at that, beyond that midpoint where now we are, yeah, definitely we've seen the reverse of stuff, but yeah, I'll I'll buy that as a thing. Yeah, we got to the center of the film. That was uh, buy that for a dollar. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my last note is of no use to anyone, as it is uh, me not sleeping. So it got real crazy towards <laughs> the end here, where I started comparing it to uh, the third movie of the Ninja trilogy, Ninja Three: The Domination where RoboCop is the reverse of that movie. Think about it. Badass dude gets killed on the job, dies, gets resurrected in a new form, and then seeks revenge on those that killed him. Except in Ninja 3, the people that killed him are the cops. Also, instead of a robot, he comes back... Uh, he, he takes he takes the body of a of an aerobics instructor. It's a it's a it's a fluid theory. It's not quite there yet. But... <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say he comes back as a ninja. So I'm a little bit disappointed. No, an aerobics instructor ninja. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who? It's it. There's a whole thing. We could I could talk hours of all those movies. It's just it's it's nuts. But there actually is a very much a scene where very similar to this where the shots are actually seen where they shoot the they shoot the cops shoot the ninja <laughs> and he's falling and getting shot. It's like wow, this actually does mirror that scene exactly. And then I went, oh my god, that movie was made in 1984. Did RoboCop rip off Ninja Three: The Domination? And that's when I fought, fell asleep. Let's be fair, though. If the ninja got shot up by the cops, he clearly wasn't that good at ninja. Ooh, no, no, no. He took out, like, 40 or 50. He took out an entire department before. He stuck a ninja star between his toes and kicked the dude in the head. It's it's, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta hunt this thing down now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me just write that in there. Ninja 3, the ninja ring. <laughs> Ninjaning. <laughs> also, the second movie of Revenge of the Ninja is is uh, actually pretty good too. Okay, less crazy, less crazy, and the first one, it's not great. <laughs> well, let's stop talking about great bad movies and let's talk about grating bad, bad movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is gaslighting Robocop. Alex, how do you feel? I feel fine, Doctor Norton. This is minute 78. This bit begins with uh, the doctors invading Robocop's privacy and watching where he's going and ends with a black dude named Jerry White and someone's holding a gun to him all sideways in gangster uh, stuff. I so. think that was a flashback, yeah. but I kind of skipped over it. Cause I was like, oh, yeah, who gives it. a shit? Uh, who gives a shit? Oh, Once again, we have learned something that we have already seen before. We just get to see Murphy explode again, which, you know, cool. you know as things go, that's pretty cool. But like, we, 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 what, what did we learn from this whole scene um, other than... Murphy's son, uh, sad? Oh, yeah, but that's literally, we learned that before in the scene directly previous to yeah. it, so... What Why purpose did this scene... The kid's name is just David. It's like, you really put zero effort into it. <laughs> uh, also, Minimum um, effort. This is... this Actually, this isn't necessarily the Robocop movie's fault, but I guess this is a fault of all Hollywood. Um, explosions are very large. Yeah. Um, they're, those... We're, I guess it could be future glass. I don't know. That that glass in the house would be destroyed. There's no... Yeah. There, there's a shock wave. a thing? 
Uh, and, and Alex Murphy wouldn't be almost dead. He would just be dead. His brain would have been probably liquefied at that point. Yeah. But um, really, yeah, yeah, he should be dead. Like, not not like, oh, he's still alive, but like, brain dead. Like, no, he's dead. Okay, I'll give that a pass, because in the original, he gets shot right through the between the eyes, so... <laughs> yeah, but... Oh, that's true. You know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, once again... They do make a point that he dies. Like, Murphy's mm-hmm. dead, dead, dead before OCP can get a touch on him. Although mm. I will bring up, it's probably not a good idea to have to get use a brain that has a giant hole in it as as the brain for the cop. I, I should really be like like Frankenstein. So just like just just like it's like oh this is our new this is our new invention Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way I see uh, Murphy's brain in the original one, it's more like they're using it as a CPU. They don't particularly mm. care that it's got uh, an operating system. They want something that's just raw processing power. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is maybe they didn't even need a full brain. They just needed some parts. They didn't even need a cop. They needed some parts of a brain. Yeah. And that's it. And temperament and stuff was a factor. But I wonder if they didn't even expect a personality to be left. They just thought, well, he's he's been brain dead for however long. They didn't expect that identity to come back and yet it does that would actually be a very interesting thing to explore is oh hang on we just took the raw material there was nothing left it's still ultimately a very 80s not really deep thinking script like as much as there's a lot of pathos and stuff that got put into it a lot of that was Verhoeven himself and the production Mm. crew this is not a slam on Mike Miner and uh, Newmeyer and all that but they really just went what if Blade Runner, but yeah. modern yeah, uh-huh. robot cop, or or Judge Dredd really is? <laughs> yeah, Blade Runner is. Uh, it's been a fascinating one doing that podcast because mm. it's kind of fucking stupid if you actually break down the <laughs> most really, central premise really of how do we tell if it is a robot or a clone or a human being? I don't know, brother, mother. The, I don't like. Have eyes. you have you heard of barcodes? Have you heard of microchips? <laughs> Have you heard of a tattoo under his eyelid? But how about his glowing eye? Are we not supposed to be? Are we not supposed to be seeing the glowing eyes? They all oh. have glowing eyes. Yeah, you could just you know use a light, a little torch, look in their eye. I don't... <laughs> they f- they figured it out in um in Westworld in nineteen seventy whatever when that when that came out. Exactly. <laughs> they have a box that literally photographs the eye with a light on it. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things, and you see this in science fiction all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that story is bad, but no. every science fiction story should ask the question, what if? Hmm. And if the answer to what if is very obvious and simple, it's, it's, you kind of have to keep asking, but what if, though? No, yeah, I know, but, but what if, though, that you couldn't tell? <laughs> so I do have a way to tie Blade Runner and the remake together. Because it's a mm. trope I've learned. I've learned to hate. I hate the impossible camera. Blade Runner is probably one of the earliest examples of it, and it's the whole thing of enhance, enhance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Enhance. <laughs> I do like how Red Dwarf took the piss out of that in uh, the. That I was I was just about to say that. <laughs> Did you see the Red Dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene because it's deliberately just completely fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> the mirror into the window into the <laughs> i i do think blade runner is fine it's fine uh but this one where he's he's literally looking at security cam footage and somehow piecing the entire scene scene together from impossible cameras so he can look at his sad child okay this I... is this is what i th- oh sorry sorry I was just going to say, I think Blade Runner works if you approach it with with feeling and dream logic. Yes. It is a science fiction, but yeah. ultimately it's one that you should feel rather than think your yes. way through. Whereas Robocop has a... It's, it's isn't this nice middle ground. <laughs> it where has yeah, no it's the logic. Big dumb, yeah, it's like this yeah. big dumb action movie, and it's not super logical, but at the same time it has its own inner logic. So yeah, I can, I can. Yeah, yeah, and and to, and to be fair, honestly, you could tear apart every single movie if you really like just closely analyze everything. <laughs> so far, Christine, Christine's been fine so far. The original RoboCop's held up. This one hasn't. You know, Actually, yeah, original you know. RoboCop's held up. Uh, what other one? Yeah, it ha- it has. Um, 
Prometheus definitely didn't hold up, uh, <laughs> but it actually got better from analyzing it. From so that an was anal- a weird an analytic point. Yeah, it's actually really fascinating. <laughs> but um, wait. Was it you that described it? Somebody described it as like the most beautiful movie that I wanted to punch in the face. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's the perfect description. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that, yeah. I think I th- it might have been. Think that was you that said that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> um, the only thing I've got close to that kind of poetic justice to a film is the uh, Jim Cameron's Avatar. It's just the world's most expensive tech demo. Yeah, that's the close-up yeah. cut to that kind of yeah. brilliance. And in the and like and here's the thing, I didn't even mind Avatar that much. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's actually this. The, well, like it's because it just it was so overblown. Yeah. So then you hate it because you go, it doesn't deserve that attention. It, it's yeah. fine. like like yeah. honestly, the the thing that I have the biggest problem I have with the movie is the same problem I have with the new RoboCop. It's derivative. It's yeah. just like everything else like okay so this story is basically we take this and you take that and you just mash it together and it's just mm. i'm like it's just i've we've all seen it before that's kind of my biggest problem with it but tech wise no that movie's outstanding but like um mm. the uh the only okay the only thing i could say about the impossible camera though is i kind of had this movie makes you work for this if his brain is somehow rewriting what they did, then maybe he's using his own personal experience that uh, of being there to fill in the blanks that that the camera doesn't. I don't know. That literally, you have to go to and that it's level. It work that way because he's in a freaking car. <laughs> well, true, but he, he. That's the only way that I can really think about. Uh, oh God! About, about, I just realized something. Because I think he was supposed to be asleep when they start going and having the sex on in that particular oh, that's scene. Right. So... Oh, my God. Oh, was he awake for that? Oh. Ew. Thank you for your cooperation. <laughs> okay, it was the blandest sex scene ever, so, you know, yeah. No one was making any noise. <laughs> yeah. It really speaking, wasn't. Speaking of, bland, <laughs> speaking of bland, I have this note at 32 seconds of this film. Yo, uh, yo, hey, Clara, uh, your husband just exploded. Maybe you should be a bit more concerned for him. Uh, and for the record, I give my wife full permission. If I ever explode, you can be in hysterics. You can scream and, and stuff. You, you oh, don't yeah. have to act like, that. like you dropped the bolt. Like you heard you heard a glass break or something. Um, maybe, you know, say something. or No? Okay, you're just going, bye. Okay. Hmm. I think the entire cast had all their emotions and moved in this fucking film. <laughs> yeah. Um, our, my one note is not even fucking related to anything, but does anyone remember <laughs> the movie Star Kid from 1997 that starred the kid Star- from I Jurassic have, Park? It, yes, it's a, yeah, no. it's a little Timmy. Um, I do... Is the, the, uh, the ro- is it... Was he in the robot suit? Was He was, he was in like the robot suit, suit which it's has like, this it's weird... It's like the Giver, right? I have literally never heard of this before in my life. What the fuck? I remembered it out of the blue the other day. It actually didn't take me too long to track it down. I just remember the robot had a weird-looking face. Really like, weird. Really weird-looking <laughs> face. But and, it was and, like and the kid from Jurassic Park. That was the only other thing I remember. It's like Yoda, but crossed with like an African caricature, yes, like a racist exactly. African caricature. It had like, really big lips. It had really big lips. For I, that's the thing I remember. It looked like. I, and I hate and I, this is not me saying this. It looked like Shaq as Steel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have seen it that exactly one. Exactly like that costume. It looks exactly <laughs> like that. Oh my god! Oh, can we do an April Fool's episode? It's coming up. April Fool's episode reviewing Steel as if it's oh, the other so- <laughs> I have seen. I have seen Steel so many more times than I care to admit. <laughs> I have anyway, VHS. The robot in in uh, in Star Kid has the juiciest ass you've ever seen. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> and there's a lot of long shots right. of that ass. Robot, robot oh. asses. Cool. Really, okay. Fuck. Man, what would Johnny Five look like if he had an ass? So, uh... <laughs> Welcome to 60 Seconds to Comply, where I ask the big questions. If Johnny Five were a human being, he would look like Doug Jones. You all know it. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he would get fucked. He would get fucked hard by someone. God, this is turned into horny cast again. He's going to go through other robots be like, what does he look like if he's human and what does his ass look like specifically? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they should have... You know what? That's what they should have done with this new movie. They should have made his suit look like he was buffed out like and wearing a Speedo. Yeah. Um, that's just my... I mean, you know, Joel Kinnam is not an ugly guy. I, I'm just... Sorry, I'm just thinking about it now. But no, yeah, no, that would work. It would totally work. Um, but the, actually, I do have one point, one really positive thing I can say, but I guess it could go through it, the whole thing. I actually like that they changed the aspect ratio of the film when he goes into visor mode because you could see the mm. slight curvature on the top of the on the top of the screen. I'm like, that's a nice little touch. I do enjoy that. That's a nice. Um, and really, the anyway. Side yeah. note: before we move on, R two D two looks like Kevin Hart. I just want that to be put on the record. <laughs> fuck. Oh god, fuck! I can't unsee it now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Buy that. Yeah. Does that mean that the does that mean that C3PO is the rock? Absolutely not. <laughs> He's uh bloody uh Although no, 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 sh- when I think about that, I could make that work. Can you imagine the rock as being completely off model and off character the entire film? Just like kind of like that that one oh, movie he yes. did where he was like fat in the beginning. Like, what if that was yeah. like the whole movie? Like he was just some skinny dude. Like, kind of like how he looked in the rundown. <laughs> like, where he was, like, super, super skinny. Camp Effeminate Rock would be fun. <laughs> oh, that's just... That's Jesus. just that... that, that uh, The Game Changer movie. That, that, no, that's, that's just that Game Changer movie where he's in the tutu. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have... Oh, so my brain just went to Vin Diesel as the pacifier for some reason. Same movie. <laughs> actually, that's, that's actually just Mr. Nanny, so they're all... It's all the same. <laughs> Oh god, we're oh god, we're devolving into. <laughs> Sorry, that usually happens. It's really not much to say other than RoboCop the remake is shit. Sometimes it's all you can do. But yeah, we'll give them points where oh, you know the curvature of the vice. It's look, nice, I, you there, know, there thinking about things. things that I really enjoy. About. I do like this idea of of the mind taking over the the parts of it. I wouldn't have added. I wouldn't have added all that extra stuff. But um, it doesn't really make any sense. But I mean. The, look, the real main reason why they put the scene in the movie is because so they can show that his brain is rewriting his own program because that is the end yeah. of the movie. That's the only reason we have because they have no real explanation of how the end of the movie works. So we have to say, well, his brain rewrites itself, so he doesn't have to follow his programming. Boom! There you go. Yeah. In the third act, when they're trying to watch in on his activity and they're trying to figure out what he's doing, I would like it if he had the the ability to just project his thoughts and it's just meow 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 meow. I know you can read my thoughts too, boy. There you go, Nile. That's your Simpsons fucking reference. I don't mind the idea that. We're seeing Murphy breaking free from this programming. Conceptually, that is cool. That's really cool. Something we don't see in the original movie. We get hints and implied it, but I, I like that. Just don't make it five minutes after he's lost his damn emotions. Because, no. Fuck. Pacing. And also, if you're going to take... If you're gonna if you're gonna go with the whole aspect of taking away his emotions, don't show a montage of how good of a cop he is after he has no emotions. That's it's like. <laughs> I'd love to see an early script of this where it's just some one person sitting down writing a script, smashing it out, just you know following conventional writing story structure. Before a studio interferes with it and goes, oh, but we want to do this, we want to do that. Because I think when you start moving things around and shifting things, oh, well, what if we do this? What do we do? Then your fundamental structure starts weakening because you had everything built up in a certain way. But then Mm. once you start pushing things around, removing things, extending, whatever, you're, you're, you're ruining that structure. So, something, uh, Josh, you brought up last minute, or I'm not, I'm not sure we're talking pre or pre, the director of this movie, um, 
uh, Jose, oh god, I'm blanking on the name, Padilla, I'm just going to switch to IMDB because uh, I am lazy. Yeah, Padilla. I made a joke a couple of weeks ago saying, uh, this feels like a, a, a TV director movie. I did not know at the time, but yeah, this guy makes TV shows. So there are some decisions where I go, this feels perfect for a TV show, not for a massive Hollywood picture so he did do he did do like a couple of like i think it was like was it brazil's like biggest action movie ever and yeah but, but his but his style is not is not necessarily the style the studio was i think looking for that i think they wanted more like we want we, we want our own iron man and but that's not his style at all so why would you hire him knowing that he shoots a very kind of almost gritty realistic looking like style of like like the the, the the guy was the was the producer of narcos and he directed the first two episodes that is like very very gritty he does documentary this is not necessarily yeah. like this guy the, he doesn't make action films I mean, it's not to say that he can't it's just if they'd have actually leaned into the documentary i think this could have actually been a really interesting film that's what i was but... thinking it's like why not ha- give it that 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 same style that he's really good at why yeah. wouldn't you allow him to do that no you want another iron man cool no this is definitely a completely ruined by producer well not producers ruined by studio movie this just feels like anything that was good got stripped out by a studio and, and i think he was even he was even complaining about that early on where he was like saying i'll throw out like you know nine ideas and they'll take like one like like let's just like yeah. well, do you want to listen mm. to, oh, okay he apparently recounted that uh later uh-huh. on but uh well yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find the quote. It's on IMDb somewhere. Um, but yeah, they wanted a TV director. They wanted someone who's just used to following orders. And yeah, it just does not. It just doesn't work. And I'm yeah, I'm sorry we inflicted on yourself on you. But um... oh no, it's fine. I I I I enjoy it. I get I get off on this. This is a I I enjoy just just throwing things and screaming at my tv i literally <laughs> one note was literally when he rewrote his brain it just said how it's just yeah. in big bold mm-hmm. letters all caps how like oh. explain walk us through this part because this is kind of the your the, the 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 end of the movie please explain how this is, or even maybe hint that there was this ability before no no okay oh no I just realized if this was done today, the, the reveal about how it happened would have, would have been done in Fortnite. Palpatine's <laughs> returned somehow. Guess we'll never find out. <sighs> Good God. Don't even get me started on that. I can, I can go all day. <laughs> <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started on that movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think I'm all noted out on both movies for now. <laughs> I, I could yeah. do I could do twelve hours on just the, the the 2014 remake. I could just go, just 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 unleashed. There should be like a you know the Patton Oswalt uh, uh, filibuster where he talks about. <laughs> ah! I can do that with this movie, and it, a lot of it would just be me seething, just as uh, like it was. It could have been no. Like, no it's, it's, okay, okay, okay. I turned into Joe Pesci. The sad truth is, I think I've done that already in 60, 70 odd episodes of this damn podcast. <laughs> that's what that's what we got to do. You just got to just put together your best your best insults and just 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 mix it into one whole episode of just like or or just us just sighing. I I deliberately don't remove the sighs and gasps <laughs> of ex, ex of just sheer aggravation when I edit these sections. <sighs> And I was just thinking the other day, because we have been recording now for 71 episodes. They're roughly an hour in length. So it was just, I'm not sure if, Corny, you ever thought about this when you are doing uh, Prometheus and that, but just the sheer volume of content we've been doing. And just when I think, oh, God, what am I going to say? And, and I've got plenty of stuff to say about the original. I've got nothing left for this remake. I'm, the tank's almost dry. Well, I just got contempt. Yeah. Well, if you need if you need any other any other good good anger, you you can just just call me. I'll, like, I can I'll give you thousands. And I'll give you hours of content. Oh, we'll just outsource. We'll just outsource the rest of the Robocop remake to you. So we'll just be like, 
uh, and now we'll cut across to uh, you know you know what it is it's, it'll be I'll, like like I said I'll say, you got your own Japanese uh, Louis Black I'll just say okay okay you know just just sit there and just because <laughs> you don't want the audience to be confused oh we just <laughs> cut back to. We, yeah. we, we um, start with media break and now we go to a foreign correspondent. Yeah. It's raining it sideways. Why, 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 why? Okay, why, why would you, why? Um, they would just, it's all just, just questioning. <laughs> just, just, fuck this movie. Fuck! Why do you have my, Michael K. Williams and you don't use him? Switch the parts! <laughs> You'd have a black Robocop and it would be a lot more interesting too because then, then you could deal with, the, with ACAP and it's just, Gah! Yeah, we've, we've, sadly we've already run through that as well ourselves. I mean, sometimes there are minutes where I just go, oh, okay, so we could play upon this premise, but yeah, for, for the most part, they've just stretched uh, uh, just... very little across a very <laughs> big time frame. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm th- I thank God that you, you, you skip around with this one, because it's just like, yeah, I would have nothing to say. And you know what's bad <laughs> is I love action scenes. I, I did, I've done, you know, martial arts and i love i just love action movies hmm. i don't really have a lot to say about the action scenes other than i don't really <laughs> recall a lot of them i can point out all the mistakes like i would never you know make a scene in the dark uh that th- that seems to be not great for an action movie and then oh there oh there's the, the... unless it's equilibrium there's, yeah. there's actually i just seen a great in the dark action scene that was in the batman oh yeah you're right the scene in the uh, Iceberg Lounge, the Falcone, shot in the dark, where it's just gunfire. That was brilliant. That okay. That, Equilibrium did it first. Not Oh, God. <laughs> Every, everyone. <laughs> Equilibrium oh, kind of became that movie that people loved and now kind of hate because of the internet. I fucking love it. I, I, I enjoy that. Okay, look, bloody look, Equilibrium. I know. I I know what I'm watching is not is is. I I, I know. <laughs> But say what you will, I lo- I'm sorry. I like the stupid gun kata shit. I lo- I love the yes. I love- it's yeah, it's so, so stupid. Like, cause no one, no one, no one uh, questioned uh, Forrest Whitaker when he did it in Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai when he's flipping his gun back like a sword. That, it looks just <laughs> stupid. But you're not gonna tell that to Forrest Whitaker because it's Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love the dumb gun cut. Equilibrium is one of those dumb movies that pretends to be smart, but at least it's got some really fun action. It, it does, honestly. Yeah, it's a, great costumes, too. Yeah, I, I, I actually... That white costume... I, oh, I, I yes. love that. I was like, I kind of just... Like, I oh, colors for days. His katanas. <laughs> oh, God, yo, jeez. Fuck yes. Yeah, visually. Mm, it's a visually yeah, fun great film. Movie. It's like um, ultra-violent. Terrible yeah. film, but visually fun. Yeah, it is visually fun. Should we wrap this episode oh, yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> we probably should. We're talking about other movies. That's a sign. Yeah, so, it's time to go. So would you like to plug any of your shit, Josh? Um, let's see. No. So your new upcoming <laughs> I, I, podcast? My, my, well... Other than I <laughs> equilibrium have, by minute, yes, right, I mean, equilibrium by minute. Um, let's see. Um, actually, I would like to actually thank both of you for having me on. Uh, this is my very first co- podcast, and uh, it's actually been uh, quite fun. And I actually am looking forward to you know doing more in, in the future, if you will. Yeah, we'll get you on for another definitely. sixty seconds to comply. <laughs> you are a natural. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been awesome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Where can we find you, Simon? You can find me on Helios Photos and Fandom Crossing, mostly on the Facebooks and the YouTubes. And I still technically do Kung Pao Enter the Minute. Uh, it's been it's been about a year, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. Uh, what about yourself? You can find me at TrivingDesigns.com, patreon.com slash TrivingDesigns, where I do Covenant Minute... Tron Legacy as uh, Tron in 60 Seconds, Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 in the Nexus Minute, which I need to edit to the latest episode, and there's uh, V8s and Heartbreaks, which is the Christine by Minute oh. podcast. I realise a lot of the time I don't actually say what's on the Patreon, so maybe I can entice you to come over and have a little listen. And the first episode of every podcast is free. 
Uh, and you can find us where all good pods are found, but also where all mediocre pods are found. So I'll leave it up to you to decide which category <laughs> we fall into. Hopefully good. And uh, we are also on YouTube, so head on over there and like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Feed the algorithm, you know. Uh, some reviews on iTunes would be good. Have we got some reviews on iTunes? I don't know. I haven't checked in a long time. <laughs> we probably should check. We'll do that. Uh, I believe that's everything. Until next time. Oh, whose who's turn is it to say? Yours. Uh, it's mine. It's mine okay. to, to do the Robocock. All right. Stainless steel Robocock. No, no it's my turn to do the Robocock. It's your turn to say until next time. Oh, I thought you meant I had to do that. Well, I'll keep my stainless steel rubber cup to the next one. Um, oh, that should be the ding. <laughs> Until next time. Starring Doug Jones as Robocock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I want to keep it. I just wanted that joke. <laughs>